Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Citizens of Perfectville, Dolph fans everywhere, you love sports. Not just the Dolphins, not just the NFL, but all sports. And the month of June is heating up with a ton of exciting sports action. And Bet Online is where you can find it. From basketball and hockey playoffs to baseball's marquee matchups, including prop bets and futures, Bet Online has all the latest odds, news, and information for all your online sports betting needs. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's right, 50%. So before the next tip off, face off, or pitch, head on over to Bet Online and start playing today. Bet Online, your online sports book experts. In a world that's perfect lies a perfect little town where one team stands alone. But now, something's stirring that will change this place forever. Perfect. Welcome to Perfectville, your first place podcast for your Miami Dolphins, part of the Believe Network streaming on Sirius XM. I am Sam Marcoux, and he is the two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer. Of course, I'm talking about the none other than the good doctor himself, Dr. Christopher Cullen. Doctor, how in the hell are you, my friend? Sam, I'm better than I have been ever. And let me tell you why. I'm a month away mm-hmm. from not only the Miami Dolphins preseason, but like hard knock starting, the NFL football season ramping up. My son has a high school football game in a month, Sam. High school football. Friday Night Lights, the band playing the snare drum, the popcorn, the stands. I I get time back in my schedule. I'm done coaching. I'm retired. The That's two-time Hall of Famers. Retire. Just walking away into the sunset. I've been promoted to parent. I'm going to sit in the crowd, not in the sun. It's under lights, and I get my Saturdays back, watch college football. Sam, I'm fantastic. With the 30 days of like the greatest start of the season, I can't wait. Well, I'm excited for you. First of all, popcorn's terrible, so please get another snack for your football viewing pleasure. No, no, look, wait for hate's giving. Popcorn's on the list. I I cannot stand (laughs) popcorn. Uh, I don't give a shit what anybody says. Popcorn is the devil. And number two, even though you'll be uh, in the Friday night lights, I do hope that you'll wear one of those umbrella hats. Regardless, I think that would be fantastic where it's like, uh, you know, an umbrella hat. So um, please wear that and take pictures and post it so we can have that forever. Probably not, but I'll I'll see what I can do. Fine. Well, uh, would you settle for having an amazing guest here in segment number two? Would you settle for that there, Chris? I'll definitely settle for that, Sam. I love it. Well, uh, first of all, let's just shout out to Seth Levitt, who was on the fish tank, uh, who is on the fish tank. He was not fired, at least uh, maybe he was. Who knows? It seems like uh, <laughs> you wouldn't know based on the pictures. Just OJ McDuffie. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shout out to the Believe social media team who uh, picked up on the joke. There. That was fantastic. But uh, Seth Levitt and raced race job. Oh, my God. The stuff he did. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. That was yeah. Fantastic. I mean, deploying raced and telling him, you know what to do. I, I knew it was coming. <laughs> Um, yeah, I think he took like a day off work. He's like, I, I need, I need to crack some knuckles and get this done. But uh, Seth was an amazing guest last week. Uh, we had an amazing guest this week in Dougley Duron, ladies and gentlemen. Yes, the YouTube sensation, the Twitter sensation. Uh, he's fighting with other creators. He's getting yelled at for t- putting nice posts. Uh, Doug's like the nicest guy, and he, he like thanked people, Chris, for saying, "Hey, uh, thank you for letting me get to ten thousand followers. I appreciate all of you." And this one lady's like, "You're a piece of shit. You don't follow me." <laughs> he's like, "What?" <laughs> and like they just started piling in on him. I, I I was fascinated by the whole thread. It was fantastic. But uh, we're gonna talk to him a little bit about that. We're gonna talk to him about uh, maybe the, the 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 good times of being a Dolphins fan as we see coming up. Uh, but we're gonna take a little trip down the bad memory lane, Chris, and talk about the bad. 
bad times of being a Miami Dolphins fan, which there are plenty. And of course, uh, your favorite, my favorite, everyone's segment, uh, everyone's favorite segment, Elite Tweet, Delete Tweet, with special guest Dougley Duron coming up in just a little bit. Yeah, Sam, if you bring up Ray Lucas, I'm going to fight you. Well, uh, get your boxing gloves ready because uh, you know as well as I know, if we're going down memory lane, Mr. Spray Mucus is somehow, some way coming up. But before we get there, I want to talk a little bit to you, just you and the listeners, the citizens of Perfectville. Uh, I, I alluded to this last week, Chris, and real quick, we did not talk about it, but uh, I think we need to talk about the weird bromance of Tyreek Hill and Tua Tungabailoa. What are your thoughts on what is turning out to be uh, maybe uh, – an impending wedding between these two, the wide receiver and the quarterback. What do you make of Tyreek's constant praise? Uh, he's putting himself out there, Chris, not only praising his quarterback in real time, but making predictions as to what Tua is going to be here in year three. Uh, what are your thoughts on this whole thing? Bizarre, bizarre uh, relationship. The odd couple, Tua Tungabailoa, Tyreek Hill. Um, I, I respect it. I think it's Tyreek Hill doing his uh, best impression of a leader on a new young team. And he might be a little overzealous with it. Uh, if we could all probably agree on that, he's being super just like over the top with it. Um, I appreciate the support. Uh, first things first, let's go. Let's go there. What else is he going to say? Right? Like, of course. So that's great. I mean, he could be quiet. He could maybe just be like, no comment. We'll see. So I just think it's the over the topness that's causing the headlines, but I do love the, the just the love he's, he's showing and he's starting a new podcast. So he's trying to get, you know, clicks and people to follow. He's saying things about Pat Mahomes. He probably doesn't really believe, uh, you know, things like that. I, I get what he's doing and uh, I'm all for it. Cause it's positive, man. Like it, and any news is good news this time of year. You know, the interesting thing about it is like at one point he said something like one day you're going to wake up at two o'clock in the morning and, and is Tyreek talking to Tua and I'm going to be in your kitchen doing your dishes. That's how good our chemistry is going to be. Obviously a little bit tongue in cheek, but what a weird scenario to just bring up to your quarterback that you've only known for a couple of months. Yet the thing I keep seeing over and over and over again on the national side is at some point Tyreek said, this is really the year that Tua has got to step up, right? It's like, this is his do or yeah. die year, which is not a bad thing to say. It's not an incorrect thing to say. I don't think it's too much pressure to put on Tua, considering everything else Tyreek has said about Tua. He pretty much said when he farts, it's Skittles that, you know, Marshawn Lynch, Lynch then eats. Like, he's giving Tua so much praise, but the one thing I keep seeing over and over and over in all the national media is Tyreek calling Tua out that he better perform or else. It's crazy to me how the national narrative has spun this, that Tyreek is calling Tua out when, when you actually look at everything Tyreek's saying, it's kind of the other way. It's over the top, right? Well, what he said actually is the, exactly what's happening. Right. If you actually listen to the quote, which I did, I saw the video of it. He said, and I quote, it's the media that puts them on a time limit that like if they're not producing as a top five pick within three years, they're done. They're on a new team and they're out of there. And in that case, that this is to his year to step up and, and the pressure's on. And what did the media do? They immediately spin it out of context and say that Tyreek Hill is calling to out. That's make or break year. No, he said, your guys are going to do that. And that's what you're already doing. And he's calling out a hypocrisy of the media and how you're not giving a guy any time to, to learn. And they're not looking at the context of anything. There, there's the one guy and I can, I'm just totally drawing a brink right now on ESPN. That is a former GM. And he was interviewing for GM uh, that came out finally and said, he brought up, Hey, can we talk about his hip injury? 
Can we talk about the coach not believing in him and getting pulled out in the fourth quarter and sending in the bullpen with Fitzpatrick his whole first year when he shouldn't even have been on the field in the first place? Can we talk about him not playing or starting when he was good enough to be a backup and come in and win the game against the Ravens, but not good enough to start? And then all the negativity we heard from inside sources that uh, in the locker room that he was dealing with and basic sabotage, uh, you know, when no one's talking about that, they're just like, if he doesn't do good, it's over for him. And Tyreek's calling out the hypocrisy of that. And it's funny that the media just spins it and says, hey, he's saying this, this year bust. No, he's not. But that's what the media does. It'd be great if Tyreek just doesn't like, you know, ever break kayfabe, so to speak. And like Tua has a four interception game when we lose 48 to 10. He's like, he was great. I don't know what y'all saw. He's better than Pat Mahomes. I, I, I would rather him on my fantasy team. <laughs> how much of this do you attribute to Mike McDaniel asking Tyreek to step up and be that leader? And how much of this is Tyreek just saying, I think this is what the team needs, like you said, as a veteran who's won uh, at the highest level and uh, saying this is what I think he needs to do in order to be motivated? I think Tyreek Hill came from a place where, with a very well-respected and veteran head coach that had a very well-respected and veteran coaching staff in place with a bunch of well-respected veteran players all around him where his voice was a little bit in a vacuum where he can say things, but then they're also going to be like, all right, thanks Tyreek. Now we got to talk to Kelsey. Now we got to talk to Patrick. Now we got to talk to Andy Reid. Miami Dolphins, he comes in. It's a lot of young cats and new guys from other teams. He's a superstar here. Like he's a superstar in Kansas City. Don't get me wrong. But if you could say they have Tyreek Hill and like they, they, and they're naming Kelsey and they're naming Pat Mahomes and they're naming their defense in their defensive ends. He was a part of a system of a, of a well-oiled machine in Miami. This is an up and coming team. And you just drop this veteran in there. That's like won a Super Bowl ring. That's been in multiple Super Bowls, been to multiple pro bowls. That is an absolute superstar in a sense of just where he shows up, who wants to interview him, like what he does on game day in the fantasy leagues. And he's surrounded now by a bunch of guys looking up to him like, holy shit, that's Tyree Kill. So in his mind, he's like, A, I got paid. A, it's a new, B, it's a new team. C, it's a new head coach. D, the head coach asked me to do this. E, I'm going to go a little crazy here and, and, and go over the top with it. And that's fine. It's his first time being able to do that. And he's not in a vacuum. He doesn't say a speech for five minutes. And all of a sudden, six more players are, are demanded by the media. He can talk forever because it's Tyree Kill in Miami. And he's not surrounded by those superstars yet. Yeah, and you know, I I don't think since Ricky Williams had we had have we Agreed. acquired a superstar at least on offense um, of this caliber coming into Miami. And the difference is Miami, Ricky did not want to talk to anybody in the media, right? I mean, he had everything that he had going on. Tyreek's the exact opposite. Tyreek's embracing it. Tyreek's like, yeah, no, I am Miami. This is I, he is the face of the franchise now. I mean, much more so than everything else. You think of the Miami Dolphins. You think Tyreek Hill. I was at the store. I live in California, as everyone knows. And I was in the store yesterday wearing a Dolphins hat. And this guy out of nowhere goes, hey, uh, what are we going to do this year, right? We got the weapons. We got Tyreek. Like, he is the guy that people think of when you think of the Miami Dolphins. And he hasn't even played a game yet. I mean, that's how big of an impact he has in the NFL and with the Miami Dolphins right now. So I think a little bit of it is him growing into this leadership role that you're right. He had a huge supporting cast, a lot of leaders. He was one of them. He's now one. In many ways, uh, he is the one leader for the Miami Dolphins. And it's uh, it's interesting to see him you know, take this approach. It is a little sappy. It's a little over the top, but I think it's kind of fun. I, you know, I hope he does wash his dishes and I hope he live streams it on, on YouTube or Instagram or something. Uh, so we can all see it one day. I do want to see the chemistry be that. Well, and we've talked about this before, Sam, we had Nolan Carroll on the, on, on the podcast and he mentioned how he left Miami and all of a sudden he was getting recognized. This is a complete opposite. Tyreek Hill is a recognizable, one of the top superstars on Madden, 
on the, on the magazines, on the sports shows of the NFL. And now he's in Miami. So to complete opposite, we're not used to it as fans. We're not used to it as podcast hosts. We're not used to it as a media and as a fan base to have this type of superstar come in, in his prime and, and, and whatever he does, we're like, I guess that, that makes sense. Right. We don't know. Like, is that what superstars do? Cause we don't really have them. Like Devontae Parker wasn't loud and he wasn't a superstar, like superstar to where like people that don't even watch football know who he is. Right. Right. They know who the cheetah is. They've seen the peace sign. Like this guy transcends just a normal roster of players. And we're not used to that here. And it's to have him dump down to this team. It's, that's what makes it so exciting is that we're sitting here. We're like, I mean, yeah, yeah, because like, I mean, sure, I guess that's that's what you do, right? We don't we don't know. We haven't had Randy Moss on our team. Is that, is that what we do? Right. Like, it's new, and we're like, fuck it, that must be. He won a Super Bowl, and he's the cheetah. So, fuck yeah, be be weird, be be a leader. It's cool. Be weird, be a leader. It's cool. Um, and you know what? I think that's the title of this podcast. But uh, speaking of superstars, we got one joining us right after these commercial words, Mister Dougley Durong, YouTube superstar, Twitter fascinating follow fascinating guy in general i i'm looking forward to this uh let's go pay some bills and we'll be back right after these words did you know that most people are paying too much on their auto loan dave used auto loan to refinance his car replacing his overpriced loan with a cheaper loan and lowering his monthly payment now since he saved with auto approved he's sitting behind the third base dugout instead of the bleachers that's right AutoApprove connects vehicle owners with the best available rates to refinance their existing car loans with no markups ever and handles the paperwork, yes, even the DMV, making it simple to save thousands and pay less each month. How, you may ask? By instantly accessing the nation's top lenders to uncover great savings. When you refinance with AutoApprove, you get your best rate and more with an advocate that works for you to make sure you get the deal that's right for you. In fact, in 2021, AutoApprove was able to save the customers on average over $150 a month. That's right. That means more money for better seats, better snacks, or that new jersey you deserve. Not only will they save you on your monthly auto payment, but for all of our listeners out there that refinance through AutoApprove, they will send you $100 cash to your mailbox. That's right, $100 cash. So what are you waiting for? Auto loan rates are still historically low. Take your tailgate to the next level when you refinance with AutoApprove. Put more money in your pocket for what matters most. To find out how much you can save and to claim your $100 cashback offer, visit autoapprove.com slash believe. That's autoapprove.com slash B-L-E-A-V. And we're back and we are not alone. Chris Collins, Sam Marku, Perfectville, part of the Believe Network, streaming on Sirius XM and all podcast platforms, including Pandora, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and all your favorite podcast catching apps. And we're not alone, ladies and gentlemen. The two-time, yes, two-time Hall of Famer and myself are joined by what can only be considered the superhero of Dolphins content creation. He's a YouTube superstar, a Twitter, uh, I don't know, star in the making. Uh, He's probably your favorite podcast because I see this all the time when people ask, who's your favorite Miami Dolphins podcast? And I'm thinking, oh, here it comes. We're getting the just do and praise that Perfectville deserves. And instead, we get this guy, Mr. Dougley Do-Wrong. Dougley, Doug, Do-Wrong, whatever we want to call you, DDW. <laughs> How the hell are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm ecstatic to be on. I, I love your show. So when you hit me up and we're like, hey, you want to come on? Like, yeah. You kidding me? You guys are awesome. So well, I'm, this- I'm pumped. 
this is fantastic because we we have a lot we actually have a lot of crossover between our listeners and your viewers or whatever you call your your people we call them the citizens of Perfectville I don't know what you call your people uh, you probably don't because you're an actual mature adult but um, <laughs> I'm not we, I, I don't have good names so they yeah would probably, and I I'd and come I up back, with a name and they would hate it so it's like. <laughs> Well, they hate everything you do anyways, which we're going to talk about. I mean, there was a controversy on Twitter recently where you went out of your way to thank people. And that turned into you uh, getting a death sentence, which is kind of mm-hmm. weird. But uh, let's let's not go there. Let's end there. And instead, okay. let's start with, uh, I mean, your, your YouTube following, you know, subscribers and the views that you get there. I mean, your videos, first of all, you're very prolific. You know, you're just throwing videos out all the time, content all the time. Uh, how, what was the inspiration? What got you started? I mean, Chris and I got started because we hated you know, six years ago, we just hated what was out there in terms of Dolphins mm-hmm. content or lack thereof. So we thought, well, we, let's just do it. And if nobody listens, who cares? We're going to have fun. Exactly. Uh, what was your inspiration? Um, so I started in 2018. Uh, my channel, actually, I have a degree in media. So I have a bachelor's degree in film and audio. And uh, my my channel, if you go back before 2018, is like skits and, and reactions and stuff like that, because that's what I was doing. But I realized that every time, like the Dolphins, I live up in Jersey, so I don't get, you know, the radio station. I don't get the, you know, Channel 4, CBS Miami. I don't get any of that stuff. So whenever, like the Dolphins, I remember uh, Dolphins were 2-12 and 12, taking on the 12-2 and two Patriots Monday night, right? And we beat them. And I remember after that, the narrative was how the Patriots lost that game and yeah. what they could do better. And, uh, and that's what the narrative always is in the mainstream media is how the big team lost not how the dolphins won and i was just sick of it so i took my degree and i took my i guess you could say sense of humor and i mashed them together with my knowledge of football and love of the dolphins and i created the channel and it you know the the content is is the easy part for me like making the stuff that's fun and that's easy what the hard part is is the research and breaking down film and all that stuff that's the hard part but the easy part for me is is creating i love doing that stuff it's fun to yeah that's why, we, that's why we don't do that yeah no we agree with you we 100 agree with you doug which is why we don't do any research or any analytics or film breakdown whatsoever we just start talking bullshit and sometimes people believe us i'll tell you something like um years ago years ago when when <laughs> i felt so bad uh my first like taste of, of, I guess, trolling on Twitter, uh-huh. uh, was remember when we were interviewing Jim Harbaugh and we were flying, mm. um, you know, we were, we, meaning the dolphins were flying to California to meet with Jim Harbaugh at a hotel, which was actually right down the street from my house at the time. And, uh, I went on Twitter and said that it was a done deal and that, uh, or no, at this time, I'm sorry, Jim Harbaugh had decided not to, mm. and we had to go back and, uh, and, and, and make amends with Tony Sperano. And I put out there that Tony Sperano had cussed out Steven Ross and quit. And I said it as a joke mm. and, um, national media picked up on it and actually started running with the story <laughs> <laughs> and it was not true it was all bullshit oh and i got and i had to like walk back like no i was totally fucking around like i'm not a person you should really take seriously uh thankfully i got rid of that account but uh that was my first taste of like just messing with people and uh it was a lot of fun but um i don't know where i was going with that story other than i, I like telling that story because it's fun but the <laughs> uh you say fun. you're in jersey are you have you ever been to jersey was it Jer- what is it chris jersey mike's jersey mike's York? yeah yeah over over yeah, in jersey. it was in it was in like um like Pis- a Radisson hotel it was in a, it was like in a Radisson. 
Yeah, it was, it was, I went there like once or twice. It wasn't bad. It was a lot of dolphin fans and they would play the song whenever, you know, you go to bars and they always have the big screen and they have little TVs everywhere. The dolphin game is always on the big screen and there's always, you know, a room filled of dolphin fans. And when they scored a touchdown, they play the, you know, the song, the horrible banjo song. And uh, it was fun, but I, I prefer, you know, being home because I kind of, well, back then I used to get very angry. I have to temper it now that I do live streams and I don't curse on my channel anymore. That's the other thing. If you go back to 2018 and watch my videos, I was F this and F that after the, the Colts game in 2018, where Adam Gase didn't let Tannehill like try to win the game. I yeah. was like this mother <laughs> got to get rid of them. So yeah, it's, I prefer to be home. You know, we, we're contractually obligated to do at least 30 minutes a week with our network. So if we cut out all the swear words, we'd have to come up with like 17 additional <laughs> minutes of content. Like we just can't do the show without swearing. We're like the M&M. You're Will Smith. And we're M&M. We just uh, can't do it. <laughs> I don't think we can. Uh, what's the angriest you've ever been as a Miami Dolphins fan? Like what is, what is the one where you're just like, I have to swear right now? Uh, I was, I could tell you one where it was a combination of things. Uh, the Dolphins were playing the patriots to make the playoffs and they lost and the jets needed the dolphins to lose so the jets could get in the playoffs and i was at the bar with my dad and my mom and i was so mad because i was mad obviously because the dolphins didn't make the playoffs so i was upset about that then i look up and they cut to the jets game at meadowlands at the time and the whole stadium was cheering showing the dolphins losing oh my god so I was very upset. And my mother looked at me. She goes, it's just a game. And I was like, I'm up. I just wanted to like uppercut her. <laughs> and you're just a person. Right. Exactly. Can I, uh, Chris, do you know, I think I know what game that is. Chris, do you remember what game or what year, who the head coach was of, of the game that Dougley just described? I, I no, I'm drawing a blank on that. Normally I'm pretty good for that. I, uh, I, I'm going to take a stab. This is probably a while back, but I'm mm-hmm. guessing was this, was Dave Wanstat the coach? Mm-hmm. Was this the game where Mark Royals punted about two feet? from our own end zone. And then the Patriots came back and tied it and beat us in overtime. Is that the game you're referencing? Yeah, yeah. that, that is the game. I, I referenced that game a lot on this show. Chris knows exactly what I'm talking about. We had Ricky Williams in 1800 fucking yards and we tried to pass three times with Jay goddamn Fiedler mm-hmm. deep in our own end zone. And Dave Wanstatt's reasoning was, well, I kind of figured they were going to, you know, know that we were going to run with Ricky Williams. I'm like, yeah. Cause he's got 1800 goddamn yards. It's Ricky and, Williams. And it, we, they, we, you at least have them burn the timeouts in that, right? Like exactly. I was, I was a very young, like twenty-two years old when that happened, and even I, like, how do you not at least run it once, if not twice? But at least let them burn the timeouts so that they can't just have all those and then have that winning drive or t- game tying drive to get back down. I was infuriated. It reminds me of the Packers game uh, when Philman was our head coach, and he br- he called the timeout to help them. And he said he felt queasy. I was like, this guy is the worst. <laughs> is that where the queasy Joe uh, tagline came from? I did not mm-hmm. know that. Yeah, I, yeah I he, know. he said it made him feel queasy. Chris, what about you? I don't think I've ever asked you this question. What is the angriest you've ever been as a Miami Dolphins? It's funny. It's, funny. it's a Patriots also, and this is uh, a whole nother <laughs> level. So I actually was at the game, and I'm sitting in the end zone. And this is probably 2002 or three. Brady was very newish to the Patriots dominating. And uh, we went to overtime. They got the ball. And for some, how, somehow we pinned them very far back in the end zone I was sitting in. And here comes Tom Brady throwing a bomb to Troy Brown to win the game. Like a walk-off 85-yard touchdown pass. <laughs> and the, 
Patriot fans around me are going crazy. Of course. But he's talking shit. I had to sit there and watch. And I watched the trajectory sitting right behind the field goal post of that ball leave his hand. And I saw that there was no safety over the top. And I'm like, it's fucking over. It's He's going to get it. And that was it. And it was just like our defense played great the whole game except for mm. that one play in perfect Dolphins fashion. And uh, other than that, Sam, it's when me and you were in Jersey and went to the Jets-Dolphins game. And that fucking old drunk guy came up to me and said, Joe Namus, a better quarterback than Dan Marino. And I said, what the fuck did you just say? And his daughter had to absolutely hold me back because we just lost to Chad Pennington on the QB sneak. Oh, and he- God end zone and did this horrible noodle arm spike right in front of us right in front of us and those shell necklace wearing pieces of shit no offense from jersey or above us because we sit in the nosebleeds in a jet game who the fuck does that as dolphins fans and those guys <laughs> tried to put beer on us and we ducked and went over a little girl like it was just terrible experience worst game of my life and it was with sam so that's probably why we have such great chemistry we just are so depressed together well i gotta i gotta say like and, and doug do you ever go to the old like meadowland stadium mm-hmm. uh jet? Dude, like you park and you still have to walk like a mile and a half through a tunnel by the way this man-made tunnel of nothing but you know jets fans so there's like ten thousand jet fans in 4,000 teeth and you're walking through this thing and you're just surrounded by that color green and they start that Jets chant and I just look I'm not the smartest guy in the world but I'm like this is not the time for me to pop off like I am going to die and this is before the game and we get there we lose I remember a friend of ours Walt was with us and he goes congratulations Jet fans you're three you're three points better we went one and 15 that season so it wasn't like a big victory for the Jets right but uh after the game the Jets won we walk back. We have a rental van. Chris and I and a couple other buddies have a rental van. And the Chets fans damn near tip the whole thing over on us. Oh like they're moving like a riot, like shaking this thing back and forth. And we're like, you guys won. Like, leave us alone. Like, what are you doing? They're the yeah. way. I, I went. So I went to the MetLife take- takeover last year. And that was the first time I went to a Jet game since I was a little kid. Because the last time I went to a Jet game, uh, they were throwing beer at me. And I was like nine. They're the worst. But oh, then bad. now that I'm a grown ass man, six foot five, two, you know, two You're something. Six foot five? Oh shit. Yeah, I'm a giant man. Yeah. <laughs> no one throws beer at me anymore. No. No, they, they're converting to Dolphins fans. They're like, oh, Ray Finkel's amazing. <laughs> yeah, like uh, Chris Collins a big guy. Chris Collins like six three. I'm six one and I'm like the tiniest guy here. I gotta get you guys coffee. This isn't fun. Um <laughs> I remember uh, like is that the worst experience getting beer thrown on you like nine years old at, at a Jets game? Yeah, oh yeah. Like I I've that's pretty I've bad. got I've gotten to the point where like like we went to the Bills Dolphins game when the Dolphins haven't won a game yet. I think by halftime it was like five three. The Dolphins were winning, and I think um, Cleo Lemon was our quarterback at that time. It was horrible. It was absolutely yeah. horrible. And Bill fans were talking so much shit. And my dad has is I'm the reason I'm a Dolphin fan because of my father. Okay, and uh, he doesn't have much like knowledge of football, and he's not very quick with his remarks back. And they kept saying shit to my, you know, win a game, win a game, win a game to the, my dad. And I could see that my dad's getting frustrated and he can't think of anything. So I said, dad, next time a Bill fan says to you, win a game, very easy rhetoric is win a Super Bowl. And he was very, after that, very quick. And these Bill fans just started shutting up, <laughs> just one after the other. And I was well, like, I'm glad, yeah. 
I'm glad they showed up and they did the, the ending of that story wasn't and then they jumped him and beat his ass because well, no, because we were in Miami, so <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> but it's still after the game when they won, they you know Buffalo, they started getting real loud, and I was just like, let's get to the car. <laughs> I, uh, the worst sports like experience I've had uh, was actually a Dodgers Giants game. So I'm a big Los Angeles Dodgers fan, and uh, I this was back when they played in Candlestick. And if you've never been to Candlestick, consider yourself lucky. It's the worst sports place ever. It's just so windy, like you go there and you get a double ear infection. It's so bad and uh that, that, that's why they were so angry that i'm convinced that's why giants fans used to be so angry but i was there i was probably 10 years old my dad was drunk and high um which was par for the course like for him dad. yeah and we're walking and we're up we're up above like home plate but like way up top and it's just swirling wind he's wearing giant he would you know my dad used to wear like giants a's split hats which i fucking hate that'd be like a mets yankees hat like he <laughs> can't do that right you got to pick one or the other yeah. um so he's wearing that he's wearing giant shit i'm wearing a dodgers hat and a dodgers jersey i'm walking behind him my dad's eyes are droopy because he got all fucked up on the way out to the game and we're walking and these two giants fans go fuck the dodgers and the first guy throws a beer on me and the oh second God. guy takes um shelled peanut shells and drops them on top of my head and it was like the baseball equivalent of being tarred and feathered right because i had all the beer and then the peanuts and i'm shell-shocked quite literally like what the fuck just happened <laughs> And my dad turned around and like my dad, um, he's dead now, which uh, is probably it is what it is. But <laughs> he was a guy that like if you said the Raiders sucked, he was going to jail that day. Like he he was not oh, about okay. you talking shit about his teams. Yeah, His son just got nailed by two strangers with beer and peanuts. And he turns and he looks at me and goes, I told you not to wear that shit. And then we went and sat down and I was like, fucking kick their ass, like go to jail again. Come on. I got, I know where the station is. I can come get you. Oh my God. My dad, my dad, he's still alive. He's in the, he's in uh, my live streams when we react to the game. Um, he's hilarious. He, he loves smoking weed, loves drinking beer. Uh, one year we went to the Dolphins game. I don't remember what game this was. It might have been the Dolphins Seattle game 2008, which was one of the best games I've been to. And he got pretty, pretty drunk the night before with his friends. So we're driving to the stadium and he's just, not good he's just like he's saying to me he's like Doug and it's me him and all his friends he's like Doug you're gonna have to go in without me I'm just I'm I'm gonna stay in the car with the air conditioning I can't do it I can't do it and he's in a bad way like real bad way like I've never seen him that hungover before and uh my dad's standing outside he's like trying to drink beer but it he's like I won't go down like I can't I can't do it yeah and he sees this guy walk over and he smells it he goes over he's like can i take a hit and he's like here take it and it's like about that big of it and uh he goes in the van and he smokes the rest of it and i swear to god it was as if he went in a time machine and went back two days came out he was like let's go and he was like completely different man like he was like ready to go had a blast in the game like like he's that like, just completely changed popping the spinach exactly <laughs> This one guy came over to me. One of his friends came over to me. He was like, you're all right with your dad smoking weed right there. And I said, I don't give a shit. Like, <laughs> I was like 19 at the time. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. Two years yeah. later, I'm smoking with him. Like, I'm not, I don't give a shit. Like, yeah. Do whatever you want to do. I, Chris and I went to a Panthers uh, Dolphins game once. And uh, I, I'll give Panthers fans credit. First of all, great fan base. I mean, I know mm -hmm. Chris doesn't like the team. and He doesn't like the fans there. But I had a great time partying with those guys. And uh, there was not a, a drop of Jack Daniels left before the game. <laughs> it was a Thursday night game. Uh, I go with Chris. I actually got my tooth. You can't see it. This tooth right here got chipped right the week before Thanksgiving. 
because of a drunk Dolphins fan that I caught. He was falling as I was going to the stadium and I caught him and he was drunk and I go, you okay, buddy? And he goes, I'm the king of the world, like Leonardo DiCaprio. And his elbow comes up and nails me in my mouth and just busts my tooth open. Um, So that was fun. Uh, I had to, I had to call my dentist. I remember calling my dentist and going, I I need you. I'm going to be home in a couple of days. And uh, I need you to fix my tooth. And he goes, it's Thanksgiving week. And I'm like, I don't think you understand. I'm in North Carolina right now. And if I show up to my parents' house with this missing tooth, I'm just going to have to move to North Carolina. Like, I'm just not going to be able to come back. But I remember getting so drunk. And Chris, Chris is a minute. Chris is a college football player, former. He's not, no longer in college. Um, and uh, that guy can drink. Like I said, a six foot three linebacker from college. And, I, and I, you know, I'm a comedian and I travel and I, I'm like, I can drink. I can hang my own. Uh, there's a famous picture of me passed out in Chris's uh, living room across a bed of beer cans. And Chris is still alive, like your dad coming back to life. He was just still animated. And I'm just dead down for the count. Now, at that point, I realized I maybe I need to control myself a little bit better. Pace myself. <laughs> that was a fun game. That's a game. Uh, uh, Devon Best went off with Chad Henney and uh, Ricky Williams broke the record for uh, oldest player to go between 100 yard games. Because uh, oh, okay, Ronnie Brown yeah. was- it was Ronnie Brown was hurt and Ricky had a hundred yards and we held uh, Delhomme and uh, Steve Smith and Moose Muhammad uh, for their game winning drive. We held them, of course, pins and needles. Every game is, and uh, we won. And Sam, you can agree, it was, it was like a Dolphins home game. There's so many Dolphins there; it was amazing. Yeah, they, they travel well in Carolina. I mean, they, I mean, there a lot of Dolphins fans established before the Panthers ever became a thing. So there was still a bunch there. Um, and you guys didn't ask me. You guys are both rude. But uh, the the worst I've ever felt after a game is actually two. One of them, and and you guys probably remember this game, was us having possession on Monday night against Peyton Manning and the Indianapolis Colts. We had possession for like 48 of the 60 minutes. And we had the lead. We held them down. And then Peyton Manning decided like, oh, there's a game. All right, let's just get this over with. This is cute. They tried. And then he just beats us with like 30 <laughs> seconds of possession. That one was like a stunner. I was like, I, that didn't happen. That was, that was the worst because the announcers the whole game were like, well, that's how you beat Peyton Manning. We keep mm-hmm. them on the sideline. They're doing a damn good job. I remember Channing Crowder had like 15 tackles that <laughs> game. And every one of them were 25 yards down the field because he just got burnt and ended up making an angle and making a tackle. It's like that doesn't even count. Yeah, my that, dad that, hates uh, Peyton Manning. Hates him for obvious reasons. But he, and then whenever like Peyton's under center, and he's just you know it take, takes Peyton Manning a good forty five. Like the sure. play clock's at zero. My dad's screaming at the TV to snap the ball. <laughs> <laughs> he hates him. He hates him. <laughs> it's like John Smoltz on the mound. It would take about you know a good thirty minutes for him to pitch again. Just fucking throw the ball, John. Come on, yeah, right. we got shit to do. Um, but like John Smoltz, you're a Mets fan. Like it kind of sucked when every time you had to go over there. Go, oh, there's Peyton Manning. Oh, there's John Smoltz. Great. We got to do that again. That mm-hmm. was a good one. And then uh, I don't remember the exact game, but I know it was like w- the week or second week after Jay Fiedler got hurt against the Broncos that season that we were like seven and one or eight and one. Mm-hmm. And then Ray, Ray Lucas came in and we were like, cool, we have the best backup in the league. And I think it was like the second week after that. And this guy was fucking falling and getting like stingers on his elbows. And like, just the whole team fell apart. And I was a grown ass man. I was an adult. And I threw a fit like a child about like, just how, <laughs> like, I could not believe what was happening in front of me. That was probably the worst I've felt, at least as an adult, as a Miami Dolphins fan, that was awful. Games yeah. like that make me think like, honestly, Shula sold his soul to the devil to be undefeated and win those two Super Bowls and just, Literally, they're like, hey, Dolphins are doing good. Holy shit. And the commissioner's like, uh, excuse me, you remember our deal here? You guys cannot win. Like, there's just, there's just no way that it's possible that a professional sports team had all that bad luck that we've had. It, we're totally to quest the Indian cursed. Exactly. 
Well, I, uh, we're, we're listening. You're listening, not we're. I mean, I guess we're listening to it as well, but you're listening to uh, Perfectville on the uh, Believe Network streaming on Sirius XM. We're talking to Doug Durong. Um, very depressing episode. Everyone, this is probably the number one requested guest we've had over the last year. And we just went through like everything that'll make you want to slit your wrist as Miami <laughs> Dolphins fan. So you guys are welcome. We, uh, we brought you the content that you were asking for. Well, so no, you know, well, damn. Like, this is like, this is the thing that with Dolphins fans, we're like a gang. You know, you have, you have to get jumped before yeah. you get initiated. Yeah, into the, getting initiated. Yeah. We talk about, we asked Doug what his worst experience is. We all talk about it. Before a drink, and then I know what you're about to do, Sam, because we've been doing this for six years. We're about to transition into the good stuff. What's to come? Right? Well, we we are going to do some good stuff. We, I, I, actually, let's just do that now because you set it up. And if I weren't going to go there, then it would just look like we don't know what we're doing, and we clearly know what we're doing, Chris. If that's your name, yes, Chris. So uh, let's just let's just transition to things that we're, I guess excited about here, Doug. We got a lot, I think, to be excited about. Tyreek Hill is obviously a Miami Dolphin. You got Jalen Waddell. Um, let's just hear let's just hear it on our on our airwaves. Where are your thoughts on Tua Tungavailoa year three? What what is are you a are you a part of Tua non? Are you part of uh, are you anti Tua? Where does the great Doug Lee do wrong land on the Tua spectrum? So some will say I'm a um a Tua near which Tua near names are just the the be better on the face. Yeah, I there. agree. I agree. Um some call me that some call me a hater um, because I'm very uh, objective about Tua Tagovailoa. I can see where he needs to do better, but I can see where he's really good. Like that's the thing that I never understand with the people that have just this blind hatred for the kid. I'm like, do you watch football? Like, obviously I do it differently. Whereas I watch the game and then I go back and I watch the film. So I'm actually like breaking down his motions and seeing the blitzes and seeing how got off of the offensive line is but i see him make plays where i'm like that's that's the fifth overall pick that's alabama to a tongue of Ilala. that's like the past two jalen wall in the crossing round baltimore ravens i'm like there it is i'm like but you know why there it was is because we had seven guys blocking four so it's like he had time to go through his progressions and find them and then drop that ball right in the bread basket uh against the new york jets Devonte parker corner route to the five yard line he two defenders drops it right like people like get like amnesia with these things and they'll just remember oh we threw a pick six against the jets or the two interceptions against the falcons but then we'll forget about the four touchdowns and you know given the defense two minutes left with the lead um so i i see where he needs to do better because he's incredibly inconsistent uh he needs to trust his deep balls more often um but i could see the good so i can't really lump myself in either or um but I am the I'd like to root for underdogs. And like when uh, LeBron James joined the Heat, obviously they weren't underdogs, but people hated those three, you know, Bosch and Wade and LeBron. They hated him. So I was like, I'm going to root for them because they're getting just unwarranted hatred. That is now where I am with Tua. At first, I was very objective. I'm like, you know, if he is the guy, fantastic. We have extra picks next year. If he's not, we have extra picks next year. It, it you know, whatever. I, you know, I, my biggest thing is you, your grandmother could be quarterback, and I'm going to root for her as long as the Dolphins win the games. Like I don't care who the quarterback is. But now that it's just from the media and from a small section of our fan base that is just an unwarranted hatred for the kid. Now I'm really rooting for him. So I guess you could throw me on the, the two and on side if you wanted to. 
So not even t- talking about rooting or like, you know, uh, being a hater, just from your perspective as someone that watches the film, we, we self-admit, like we don't do that. I mean, we know the game a little bit or whatever, mm-hmm. and we watch and we see what we see. But as somebody that watches the film and breaks down, what's your actual like professional opinion on wh- where you think Tua's season and year three is going to look like? If the the biggest thing that I noticed with Tua, right, because he 41% of his passes, he had less than two seconds to throw the ball. Mm. That's ridiculous. You know, people want the Dolphins. Uh, why he's not pushing the ball down the field more. He is second ranked in completion percentage on balls 20 yards or more. Like he is very accurate on his deep balls. He just didn't do it enough for people to be like, oh, look at him. He's better than Justin Herbert because they see Justin Herbert just slinging the rock because he's consistently down because his defense was garbage. Like they don't put these things into perspective when they talk about these different quarterbacks. But with Tua, he had no time. Like you want him to throw the ball down the field, but like, please show me a receiver that's going to get out of coverage, jammed at the the line, go 20, 30 yards down the field and to have time to now step into his throw and let that like it. So oh, all he can run is the RPO. No, that's all that the, the offense could have ran because the offensive line was hot garbage. So like breaking down the film, I noticed that he, did really well under pressure. Like you'll look at some of his stats and his completion percentage and his quarterback rating. It's actually good under pressure. But then when you gave him three seconds or more, it wasn't good. And I always equate to if like me and you are having a conversation every three seconds, I just smack you in the side of the head. And then all of a sudden after doing it 10 times, I stopped doing it. When that three second mark hits, you're going to wince expecting me to hate yeah, you. It's it's Pavlovian. I mean, exactly. it, it really is. Yeah, I agree so with two that. Two is consistently knowing two seconds, two seconds, two seconds. I'm going to get hit. I'm going to get hit. I'm going to get hit. All of a sudden he has three seconds. He's like, what the hell do I do right now? I'll go through your progression. Oh, uh, 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 and then he messes up. So this season, if this offensive line can be mediocre because it was God awful last year, I think he could be incredibly successful because he knows he, he has that touch on the ball that Tyreek Hill was talking about that receivers love, you know, if you Dan Marino used to break receivers fingers and, you know, you have guys who are just like, I'm, let me, let me get that ball to you quick. And sometimes receivers don't like that. They yeah. like to like catch an egg, you know? Tua has that touch on the ball where they'll like you. You saw Mike Gazicki; he'll snatch that thing right out of the air, one-handed, because Tua knows where to put it. A lot of people like to think that he's inaccurate. Oh, he should have thrown here. Not looking at where the defenders are. Like they'll just see on TV. Oh, we have room in front of them. Not when you zoom out, you see that there's a defender coming. Yeah, he puts him out in front, and he reaches for it. He's going to get injured. It's curtains. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Now the only the only thing I disagree with that argument is I think you can do a lot in two seconds, Doug. I mean, yeah, you can throw a ball in two. I made a baby in two seconds, so you can <laughs> you can you can certainly throw a football. I would assume <laughs> if, if we're judging on that scale. No, you're absolutely right. Um, I, I you know what it, two is an interesting kind of guy to me because I, I feel like even if he does well this year, which I think he's going to do better than he, than what we've seen. Yes, hundred percent. They're going to make the, the, the haters are still going to say, well, it's because of Tyreek Hill. It, yep. It's because, the, you know, it, it's mm-hmm. never going to be to his to his damn for the rest of his career mm-hmm. until he leaves Miami. And then he'll go somewhere else and be praised. And that coaching staff will be praised. And that's just how it is. I mean, we've had former player Nolan Carroll told us like when he left Miami and went to Philadelphia, all of a sudden the praise that he was getting about how improved he was. And he's like, have you looked at my stats over the last three years? <laughs> They're pretty consistent. It's pretty much the same exact play. It's just I'm in Philadelphia versus Miami. And the national narrative with Miami is that it's a party town. And 
they don't take us seriously until you win. And that's bottom line. What you have to do is you have to win. Um, and you're right about the touch too. I remember I was a Tannehill guy. I liked, I liked Tannehill, Mm -hmm. but the biggest um, issue I had with him, I think was, uh, if you watched him throw balls to somebody who was two yards in front of him, you would have thought they were 200 yards in front of him. I mean, he would (laughs) fire the ball to a a halfback on like a screenplay and like, the guy would drop in and be like, piece of shit running back. I'm like, no, do you see the fucking velocity on that thing? Like <laughs> he did not hold up at all. He put pedal to the metal and like you, you do need to know a time and a place and where to put the ball and how mm-hmm. to throw that ball. And I don't know that Tannehill ever really knew how to do that. He was really good with the ball while he was running. It just seemed yeah. like he, he knew how to do that. Um, but I agree with you. I think Tua's going to have a better season. Um, looking at this offensive line, was it coaching? Was it talent? Because Teron Armstead's a pretty big piece to get, you know, that that's an upgrade in talent. Um, Connor Williams as well to, to a lesser degree, but still better. Um, but is it, is it talent? Is it coaching? Is it both? What, what, why were they such hard garbage over the last couple of years? I think it was a combination. I also think it was a combination of, uh, coaching and experience. Um, getting rid of Eric flyers was dumb Yeah, and, you know, have, hiring a guy who has never coached an offensive line before was dumb. And that is all, you know, people get on me because they think I harp on Brian Flores. I don't, but it's on Brian Flores. He controlled the 53-man roster, and he controlled the coaching staff. And he decided that he didn't want certain vets, Kyle Van Noy and Eric Flowers, so he got rid of them. And if you think that that was Chris Greer, why on God's green earth did Chris Greer agree to pay the players to play on a different team? It's real dumb looking. Um so not having the vets on the offensive line hurt, not having a consistent coach on the offensive line hurt. Um, I think that that's a big combination because you look at what Laramie Tunsil went through, right? He had Brandon Albert on his left. He had Mike Pouncey on his right. And look how he turned out. So I honestly think, you know, what the Dolphins are doing now with Toronto Armstead and then putting um, Connor Williams at center, which again, why don't we have a legit center on this team? Like we don't have a center on this team. I, I, I just don't. We'll really help whoever the left guard is to learn from these two guys. Um, but I would prefer Dieter to come in and show like, hey, I don't suck that bad. And then they move Connor Williams back to left guard. But we'll see how that pans out. But I do think because I think that um, Austin Jackson, Liam Michael Burke, I think they could be really good in this offense. And especially Austin Jackson, he has the physicality and the, and the body type for this zone run. So adding Applebaum and, and, and the offensive coordinator we had who completely changed the chargers offensive line. I'm, I'm happy. I'll, you know, I think they can do a really good job. Doug, what's uh who's your favorite addition this off season, not named Tyree kill. Um, I think I named four that I, I, that I told people to really look out for Alec Ingold. Song hero. Um, Cedric Wilson jr. Uh, who there was another one. But those are two because people are focusing on um, Tyreek for obvious reasons uh, and Waddle. But then you got Cedric Wilson Jr. who's just going to be out there taking taking all the balls. Then Alec Ingold, right? Really going to help with the pass blocking and with the run blocking. But also you get him out there, you drop that ball off to him. You know, another polite, Lusaka polite type, you know, run you over. So. I think those are two that people aren't talking about and they're really, you know, unsung heroes that I'm really interested in seeing. Yeah, that's a good one. I, there was a wide receiver that we got from, um, from the 49ers that we signed and I'm drawing a blank on his name right now. And it's not a good um, thing. 
it's like mccarter or something like that it's like yeah. mick it's a mick name and, and i'm so bad it's like this is the guy you need to look out for and i can't think of his goddamn name that's the, <laughs> that's the worst but I, i'm going to give you one that maybe that people um might be sleeping on uh chef kirk sherfield kirk uh, sherfield right go. trent sherfield yeah I, I just because i think he knows mike mcdaniel and, and to me that was like a sneaky good um uh kind of you know punt team kick return team knows the offense is really going to help the people that have been on the team understand it quicker and uh it's gonna be one of those unsung hero kind of guys that's there but uh i actually really like thomas morstead as a punter i yes. actually think that's uh, considering what we just talked about with mark royals back in the day and how that contributed and he's not the only guy but he, that contributed heavily to us losing and not making the playoffs that year having a punter that's consistent having a punter that wants to be here I and mean, he just seems like he wants to be here um and there's something about that i mean we've had people in the past that just don't seem like they want to be here it's like yeah they, you know they gave yeah. me the most money it's miami whatever he's like lifting weights and posting that shit and being like yeah i'm here i'm here to that's what he did that's what he did after he signed the contract yeah like he signed and then he was like i'm gonna go lift these 900 pound weights right now <laughs> like and people also underestimate how much the holder impacts the kicker exactly and people think that polarity is the reason why jason sanders had an off year last year so yeah i don't know about that i i mean i you're right that it does impact that and mm -hmm. i think he did have a pretty good um uh uh chemistry with with the guy before whose name i can't remember doesn't matter I but uh, yeah, Matt Hack. He was Hack when he fucked it up, and then he was Hawk when he was good. So we that well, it, it was now it's Bill. So. Hack that he's a Bill. He's a freaking Hack. But uh, no, that's absolutely right. I, I, I that's going to be an interesting thing too to see if Jason Sanders can come back and 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 mm -hmm. earn that contract that he had because uh, last year he did not, but uh, the year before he he certainly did. Um, a couple of more things here until we get into elite elite tweet. But uh, your prediction, barring standard injuries, barring Everything that happens, uh, I hate this game, but I, I make everybody do it. Uh, Miami Dolphins winning season and or playoffs, in your opinion, as of right now, before training camp starts. Yes. Well, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. He spoke it, show it shall, so it shall come to be. Uh, Doug the Duron telling everybody Miami Dolphins will be in the playoffs this year. Uh, one more question, because I, I alluded to it. I haven't gotten to it yet before we do a tweet, delete tweet. What was going on with the content creators in Twitter spaces. Cause like I said, I walked in in the middle and I went, I'm not quite sure what's going on, but there's a lot of yelling. There's a lot of, um, bros. There was a lot of bro, bro, bro <laughs> going on. And, uh, I know you were in the thick of it. So what the hell happened? Um, it's just, when it comes to those spaces, right there, Twitter in itself is toxic. Yes, it's incredibly toxic. Well, we, Y'all know toxicity when I come on and I thank people for helping me break 10,000 Twitter followers and somebody comes after me because I only have 225 followings. Like, Be more interesting, people. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, who cares how many people he's following? If he's not following you and you're following him, then do something to get him to follow you and be intriguing. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'll say what Doug won't say because he is a nice guy. You're boring and you need to be better so that Doug will follow you. Guess what? You know who he does follow? He follows us. He follows the Perfect Go podcast. You know why? Because we're interesting and we're funny and we're noteworthy. You're not. You're a loser. Be better. Okay, Doug. Back to you. He said it. I did not say that. I follow anyone who asks me. Oh, you're fucked. But yeah, I got it's it's toxic. So especially in the um the Twitter spaces, that was I've only been on there once, and that was that one time, and I've never done it again because first off, I don't like being part of panels and groups where people yell over each other because i like we we were talking about this before we came on 
my office is here and my 19 month old office uh, room. She has an office. She sleeps in the office. She does She's taxes CEO. for people. Yeah. It's right next to mine. And the central air vent, like if I fart, she can hear me fart. So I'm not yelling over anybody. So I've been on panels where there's like six people and they're just, ah, blah, 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 and I'm just sitting there like, and then oh, I can I see the chat. They're like, let dog talk, let dog talk. And I'm like, when you guys are done being man children, I'll talk. But yeah, it's, it's, I, there's something going on now with this dolphin fan base that they're so angry. Yeah. Like, no, like it, the whole debate with Tua, like, don't you want your quarterback to be good? Like, why are you arguing and saying that he's going to, oh, he sucks and uh, we should have traded for somebody else? I'm not going to name him because we all know why I won't name him. But <laughs> just like, in, embrace your quarterback, man. I did it. I did it with the Josh Rosen. I hated the Josh Rosen trade, but I was like, give the kid a chance. Let's see what he can do. What good does it do to root against the, your team? Like, if you're a Dolphins fan and you're rooting against Tua being good, like, aren't you rooting against your own self interest? Like, oh, what, what, what's the point? Like, don't you wish you can disagree with it, but when he gets on the field, aren't you hoping <laughs> he's going to do well? Somebody um, literally commented on one of my videos saying that I will be rooting against this team, which breaks my heart, which I'm like, you're full of shit. Um, just so I don't have to see Tua play another down for the Dolphins. And I'm like, why? Well, it, it just doesn't make any sense. And, and the next day I went back into Twitter spaces the next day and, I, and I've learned Good to not go very often. I just learned not to go, but I was fascinated. So I went into a space the next day and uh, they were talking about it. And they, you know, your name comes up and I'll just name the names. You, you know, you got reason and you've got TD in there and they're all just arguing and, and they aren't in there. It's the people that were a part of this space. And I jump in and they make me a speaker and I'm like, yeah, I don't know what happened yesterday. It was pretty crazy. Hey guys, uh, what's the game you're most looking forward to. That's not a divisional game, right? I just try to immediately change the channel and they're like, yeah, no, it's gotta be that Steelers game, but yeah, reasons of shit. And it went right back to it. And I was like, I don't need to be here. <laughs> they, they, I, I don't get it. I always try to stay out of it. Cause I I'll see like, I'll see YouTubers going at it. I've seen YouTube channels going at it. I've seen, and then some, I remember one person was like, Doug, you got to say something. You got to step in and stop this. You know, you're, you're this and you're that. I'm like, just because I have so many subscribers doesn't make me the ambassador of, of this. You know, I, I let grown men take care of their own business. And, uh, you know, I could just sit back, make my content, make people laugh. And that's all I do. Well, it, uh, I, I, go ahead. Chris. Yeah, I think honestly the worst thing that ever happened is that jersey behind you, Doug, is Dan Marino. Mm. These fans got spoiled. Oh, I got rock. this one too. Duper. <laughs> hey, Seth, last week he should be in the hall. You know, I agree with that. But Marino, our fans got spoiled rotten watching this guy, the GOAT, play yep. quarterback at a level that no one's ever seen before up to that point and really sense um doing things in an era that did not have the rules in place for him to even do such things and they're like unless we get the next Dan Marino they're never good enough I live in Charlotte North Carolina and I had a woman that's a Dolphins fan come in because I had you know bobbleheads and stuff on my desk at the bank and she's like I hate Tannehill and I'm like why like, he just sucks. He just won't be good until, and she couldn't even give me a reason. They just like pick a side mm -hmm. and they just blindly go, no, even if he has like a good game, it's like, like Sam said, oh, it's because the receiver bailed him out. It's because, you know, they called a good game because that defense sucks. He's playing. It's never like the player. They just one. go into it, like hating on that player. And it's always mm -hmm. a quarterback. And it's in my opinion, it's because of Dan Marino. 
because they're spoiled rotten, they're spoiled brats. And until they have a guy that's slinging at 4,800 yards, or, you know, in, in, or, you know, and then like 48 touchdowns and 10 picks, it's never good enough where it's like, Hey, he's better than Gus Barat. He's better than, <laughs> or he's better than, you know, Tyler Thigpen. Like, let's just build a team around this guy. And even if we're good, like you said, like we're, we win 10, 11 games. They're like, oh, we did it in despite to him because we added Tyreek. Because no one said that about Pat Mahomes. Nope. No one said he's a good quarterback only because of Hill and Kelsey. Like, why can't he have weapons too? That's the whole name of the game. Herbert comes into the league and he's got fucking Keenan Allen and Mike Williams to throw the ball to. Like, give me a, and Austin Eckler in the backfield. Like, give me a break. It's the worst offensive line in, in history. He's coming off a hip injury. He's got a coach that's wishy-washy about playing him, even when he's healthy. Mm-hmm. Like, give him a chance with team and players around him. And so what? We run the ball 30 times It's because we have running backs, and it's called a scheme. That's how this works. And you set up a pass in the play action. That's how this works. Instead of making excuses, let's just, like you said, just embrace the guy. Let's. He's wearing our logo. That's the biggest Seriously. thing is I'm not wearing a Tua jersey. I don't have Tua. I'm not a Miami Tua fan. I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. If he has mm-hmm. success, he should be happy. I don't understand the negativity. Yeah, it, it it makes no sense to me at all. And then I call it the yeah, but the yeah, but ism where, you know, we could win a Super Bowl. Yeah, but, you know, oh, he did this. Yeah, but and it's just like, why can't you enjoy things? I had people when we were talking, talking about the seven game win streak. Yeah, but look at the teams you faced. Uh, the Houston Texans beat the Chargers. The Jaguars beat like the all these teams that were garbage that we beat beat the Saints, the same crappy Saints beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers twice. So it's like take that yeah butt and then shove it up your butt. Boom. There you go. There's the there's the drop for the show, ladies and gentlemen. Take that yeah butt and shove it up your butt. Brought to you by betonline.ag and auto approved, ladies and gentlemen. Dougly do wrong. Dougly, uh, spent a lot of time here. We've got some time for elite tweet, delete tweet. You know how this works, Chris. You know how this works. Are both of you ready? Answer at the same time now. Yes. Board ready. All right. First one comes from Sorty at Fins or Die. He is a Dolphins Twitter legend at this point. And uh, he tweets, he does, he says, they are making fun of the way to a blinks now. This fan base doesn't deserve happiness. Elite tweet or delete tweet. Let's go to elite. Doug first. That's elite tweet. 100% elite. Chris, how about yourself? Elite to the max. He's completely right. His fan base is a joke. And All that's- right. Sorry. No, no, you're absolutely right. This one comes from uh, somebody I'm not quite sure who I know who it is, but he's talking Miami Dolphins, so he's on the show. Austin at Chef Trilly underscore underscore at the end makes no sense underscores in general make no sense to me uh-huh. um it's one of those little comments or like when you have to actually talk about somebody's name and you have to say underscore it's just too much but uh chef trilly underscore says tyreek hill put miami on his list and chris greer got him the same day kd put miami on his list and pat riley is struggling to get a deal done who's the real godfather of miami uh chris i know you're a heat fan we'll start with you elite tweet or delete tweet for mr chef trilly underscore Jeff Trilly underscore needs to delete his entire Twitter account for questioning the actual godfather, Pat Riley, for anything. Shut your fucking mouth. Pat Riley's a goat. He's a godfather. Chris Greer can't even hold his goddamn slick back gel for <laughs> absolutely not. Admitted delete. bandwagon fan for the Miami Heat, Dougly do wrong. Uh, delete tweet or delete tweet when it comes gonna, to Pat Riley. I'm going to say delete tweet because it took Chris Greer about a week to get uh, Tyreek Hill. So delete tweet. Well, 
There you go. Chris Greer asleep at the wheel, according to Dougley Doot. <laughs> you heard it here on the show. Uh, I'm going to, I'm going to trip more like, that. more like grandfather. <laughs> yeah. Look, I'm going to, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to delete tweet that as well. Uh, Chef Trilly. Uh, I, I, I think I need to remind you as a Lakers fan that uh, Pat Riley has netted the Miami Heat at least three championships. So Chris Greer, until he gets at least one, this is not a conversation. Um, this one comes from Joe Shad at Shad Joe. This is, I think, the third time Mr. Shad has shown oh, up boy. on a delete tweet, delete tweet. Uh, Sharks GM Mike Greer trades down out of 11 for three top 45 picks. Greer's stockpile assets. Elite tweet, delete tweet, Dougie Durong. I don't even know what he said. <laughs> okay, I'll repeat it because this is, I I, I know, I, you know what? I'll go first. This is an elite tweet, but the Sharks GM Mike Greer trades okay. down out of 11, 11th okay. overall, for three top five 45 picks. Greer, Greer's stockpile assets. Here's why it's an elite tweet. Oh, we'll I got follow. it. Okay. Yeah, uh, got go it ahead now. and jump it's in. There. It's elite tweet. It's because it's, it's, it's his brother too, isn't it? It is Chris Greer's brother, Mike Greer, who is the I GM. I remember when they like showed it i was like do we just lose our gm i was like what just happened but yeah no that's an elite tweet he the it's the greers they they love their draft picks so yeah that's elite what about you chris elite tweet delete tweet yeah i'm first of all shout out to mike for being the first african-american gm in the nhl and like ever so that's incredible and then yeah trading down getting uh getting assets i don't know how hockey works is it like basketball where like after the top four guys it's like kind of a crapshoot i'm not really sure i'm not a hockey guy but um yeah i mean i guess collecting picks is i like that he compared chris and mike elite tweet i guess joe shad whatever hockey's weird because you can draft a guy and like this guy's a top prospect he's the next gretzky he's gonna go play for the czech republic for 17 years and then he'll come play for us like, <laughs> like you just get the rights to them for the rest of their lives and then they just go away and then come back one day and you're like oh yeah i think i seem to recall Ilya brismovnov being drafted back in 2017 the nfl needs to bring the minor league back then remember i think it was the european league they used as like a minor league the yeah. nfl needs to bring that back the NFL, it would be very wise to partner with these other like upstart franchises and figure out some sort of farm system. I, mm-hmm. I 100% agree with you. If you were to uh, tweet that, we would have that on the show, but you did not. You said it out loud. So yeah, either way, it's on the show. Uh, this one comes from <laughs> Dougley's good friend, Reason, at the real, the underscore real underscore Reason. Fuck you, Reason. That's goddamn <laughs> underscores. Uh, Dolphins go 5-1 and one in the AFC East in 2022. Hashtag fins up. Chris. Uh, elite tweet or delete tweet to reason going five and one for the AFC East. I'd say five and one elite tweet, but I, I, I want to delete it because I know that one is splitting with the Bills. I'm just so sick of losing that fucking <laughs> follow up tweet as he's concerned about week 15. So you're absolutely right. Uh, Dougley, elite tweet or delete tweet when it comes That's to reason. Tweet. We, uh, we went four and two last year. So why not? Four and two, and we missed the playoffs by one game. So five and one would have been the playoffs. Um, I'll go elite tweet because five and one's a good bragging right. But uh, I'm going to go delete tweet out of out of out of, out of just out of. Uh, well, I have my reasons. I have my reasons. We'll you have your underscore it. reasons. I have my underscore reasons. <laughs> um, okay, let's go on. We've got a couple more. Robin, Robert, excuse me, Robert Griffin the third, aka at RG three says if Trey Lance and the 49ers get Debo Samuel to stay. Watch out. Lance will take this offense to another level with his ability to push the ball downfield and extend plays with his legs. Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, Mitchell, Gray, and Usyk give Lancelot all the horsepower he needs. Chris, elite tweet, delete tweet to RG3 saying Trey Lance is the GOAT if Debo stays. 
Yeah, delete tweak. He just like named their fucking depth chart. Like he didn't <laughs> provide any substance at all. He just said, "Hey, here's these players on that team that we all know are on that team. That's gonna make them good." No, delete tweet. Hey, Doug, congrats! Oh, he's having a baby. Congrats on the baby, uh, an elite baby, but a delete tweet according <laughs> to Chris. Uh, Doug, how about yourself? I'm gonna delete tweet that. Why haven't they traded Jimmy Garoppolo? Ah, see, that's there's a reason. And if you look, I mean, RG3, I I actually like him. He's a good follow on Twitter. But uh, everyone else in the NFL is saying that the Niners are concerned about Trey Lance. But he's Mm -hmm. like, hey, look out if Debo stays, which, uh, well, I don't know. I don't know if Debo stay or not. But uh, according to unreliable sources on Twitter, Debo is Miami bound. But we'll leave that for another day. Uh, let's see here. Oh, oh, I don't know where did it sort Let's go to the ghost of Adam Gase, another favorite fan favorite. One of my favorites. Uh, he says, I'm starting to really think Pat's finished last in division this year. Elite tweet or delete tweet, Doug. I'm going elite tweet. I wouldn't be surprised if all of a sudden the jets, you know, really start to click. The Patriots have no wide receivers and they have no cornerbacks. So I wouldn't be surprised if they all of a sudden they start to falter there. You know, they they're slowly going down. So elite tweet. Uh, Chris, what are your thoughts on the ghost of Adam Gase's tweet about the Pats finishing last in the division? Uh, elite tweet because I'd love to see it. I hate the Jets. Um, I don't see them being better than the Pats, but I honestly think this is Bill Belichick's last year. Now, I would agree with that, but I'm going to disagree with both of you on the panel here. I'm going to delete tweet for Ghost of Adam Gase for two reasons. Number one, no punctuation. A couple of prepositions are missing on this tweet. He had plenty of characters and chose to just go shorthand. Uh, so delete tweet for that, Ghost. You're better than that, and you know it, sir. And second of all, the Jets are the goat of basement-dwelling teams, and until they give up that mantle, the Patriots will not be in last place. That is the Jets' home ladies and gentlemen, and until I see otherwise, it's theirs to lose or win or whatever the case may be. So delete tweet is my opinion here. Uh, I got one here from a Miami Dolphins player. This one was controversial. Uh, this comes from Javon Holland at mm. Hollywood Vaughn. Uh, and it simply says, Braun, better than MJ. Elite tweet or delete tweet? I'm seeing heads shaking. Uh, let's go to Chris here. Braun better than MJ. Chris, what say you? Javon Holland is one of my favorite young players on this team. Uh-oh. That, that is a fucking terrible take. I love LeBron. He gave the Miami Heat some great years. He's a great leader. We won a lot of championships with him. Well, two. Um, but it should have been a lot. And that's where my point stands. That's MJ. With those guys around him, yeah, Michael thanks. Jordan did it in a era with just where you can just get fucking elbow blasted in the key. Um, he's making shots. He's making blocks. He's scoring points. He's talking shit as he's doing it. That's the thing that for me that puts MJ in the goat status above LeBron. LeBron's too nice. LeBron was way too nice. Michael Jordan would fucking destroy you and completely tell you and your parents about it the next day while he beat them in cards and took their money. Like, and he, you just go like this and just do the, do the cash. Like Michael Jordan is go don't even, uh, in my opinion, it's not even comparable. So, uh, Braun goat over Jordan. Absolutely not delete it. Javon. I love you. Keep kicking ass. You are so wrong. Young man, <laughs> Doug delete tweet. Uh, uh it, there's a, an age bracket that thinks that LeBron is better than Michael. I was born in 87. I watched hey. Michael. I played basketball around the time that Michael Jordan was playing basketball 
And I stopped playing basketball when Michael Jordan stopped playing basketball because I was like, football. You know, I'm like, I'm done with this. I'm going to go play football. So I grew up watching Michael. I went to the movie theater to see Space Jam, the good Space Jam. The good. Michael Jordan's the goat. Like, come on, people. Like, did you see how far that man jumped with his tongue out of his mouth? Come on, man. Look, I'll say this. I, I think there's a little bit of recency bias. Uh, Javon Holland's a very young man. He probably didn't see Michael Jordan actually play. Mm-hmm. Everything you guys are saying is correct. I'm 39, and uh, I hate Michael Jordan because of what he did to the Los Angeles Lakers and Magic Johnson back in the early 90s, and I was actively rooting against him for everything. I remember, I think I've told the story on the air before, but I remember what, uh, reading TV Guide back in the day when you used to get a TV Guide, and there was a blurb in there about how MJ was um, on a commercial set for Ballpark Hot Dogs, and the the rumor was that he had no money in his pocket and he had to, had to ask the producers for some change to actually hand over for the hot dogs. And I took that and ran with it at school that Michael Jordan was a fucking bum who had no money. <laughs> and I have proof of it. Like I, whatever I could use against MJ, I was using um, with all that said. And as a Laker fan who now has LeBron and everything that goes with it, uh, Javon Holland's absolutely wrong on this. <laughs> He's got to delete that tweet. <laughs> Michael Jordan's way better. I'm sorry. I like your preface leading up to you. had us in the first half. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I, I, I'll say this. If there's a sporting event that I could have gone to that I haven't been to, and I've been to a lot of really good, iconic sporting events, it would have been that pickup game for the Dream Team where Magic had one mm-hmm. side and Michael had the other. Apparently, legendary shit talk between those two and the battle that they had in that practice was absolutely epic. So that's one. If I could go back in time, I wouldn't stop World Hunger or World War II or anything like that. I <laughs> would go to 1992 Dream practice in Barcelona practice <laughs> with Chuck Daly as the uh, as the uh, <laughs> fucking coach. All right, uh, this one actually, this uh, maybe we got two more here. Dolphin Nation at Dolphin underscore Nation, guys. You got to stop with the underscores. I mean, come on, uh, just pick another name. Was there another Dolphins Nation? And you just need okay, whatever. Yeah, was there a cheap uh, chef trill? Like really? There's no way. <laughs> it says uh, longtime coordinator says passing on Justin Herbert is going to haunt the Miami Dolphins for a long time. And it links to an article elite tweet or delete tweet. Let's go to our guest, Doug. Uh, Is this go, is this an elite tweet or delete tweet and why delete tweet? Um, It's you know, what'll stop people from harping over missing out on Justin Herbert. Fun fact though, before I talk about that, I went over April of 2020 and I looked at all of the major pre-draft scout whatever you want to call it pff and pfn and cbs and i looked at 16 of them and all of them had the two tongue of it lower top five justin herbert in the teens and 20s and their t- top board so everyone can shut up about that and also once we find our quarterback it don't matter about justin herbert it doesn't the kid is fantastic not going to you know take that away from him fantastic arm all that stuff but do you honestly think it'd be different if he was here because he didn't take the chargers to the playoffs for two straight years he wouldn't take us to the playoffs especially behind one of the worst offensive lines so everyone needs to relax and stop delete tweet chris delete tweet i'm i'm done with the comparisons of two of her I, i understand why it happens i understand especially in a off season in a valley right now of just nothing to talk about, but um, it, it's just up to Tua to 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 do well enough to where it, it's an argument. And at that point, they'll shut up. It's it's literally just up to him. I, I'm done with it. Delete tweet on this clickbait article. Sorry, Dolphins underscore Nation, but we know what you're up to. We see. <laughs> 
what you're doing. And this is a delete tweet. We're done with the Justin Herberts for now. Uh, and we're almost done with the delete tweet, delete tweet. We have to end on this one. Um, I saw it right before we came on the air. This comes from Alia Al-Sultani, at Alia Al-Sultani. Um, and it's a picture of Tobey Maguire in a Spider-Man mask that's been ripped open. And he's got like the look of death in his eye. And it says men's underwear, watching them buy more T-shirts. And I don't know if you guys can see this or not, but that's the picture right there. Uh, elite tweet or delete tweet. And why does your underwear look like that? Chris, we'll start with you. Yeah, we got to start with me <laughs> because this is like, I feel attacked. And if my wife was here right now, <laughs> she's downstairs. There's one time I swear to God on everything in this room, on my family, that my wife walked down with my clean boxer briefs with her head in between the two legs where there's a hole present, her whole head fit in it. And she said, bro, you're fucking keeping these seriously. And I was like, I mean, yeah, they, everything else fits. It's fine. I have like at least four out of nine pairs are exactly oh like that God. to the point where I'll sit down and it's like pinching me weird. And I'll just rip it a little more to give me a little more space. Fucking elite tweet. That is fantastic. And I feel attacked. Yeah. Uh, that's a hundred percent elite tweet. And because, <laughs> You, you get them right you get them out of the package and you're like these are nice they're snug but the more you wear them they get softer yeah. they like breathe a little bit more yeah my wife she's done the same thing where she's like i can i can see your butthole and i'm like oh can you she's like yeah you need to get rid of those because i can i can see i can see your butthole. but at that point they're comfortable now like, I'm like that's why i can right? feel the breath i can breathe better like i get it now i just look at her and go easy access <laughs> <laughs> I wink at her, not with my eyes, though. Yes. <laughs> with yeah. your other eye, your that's brown where, that's, eye. That's where you turn to her and say, excuse me, my eyes are up here. You know, yeah. Like, don't even look my, there. You're looking at my third eye, ma'am. These are brown, <laughs> and so is that one. <laughs> uh, this just proves that no matter what we're talking about or who we're talking to, it all comes back to poo and buttholes. Uh, yep. That's just a scientific fact, ladies and gentlemen, and... I'm already outvoted, but I'm going to go elite tweet too. I mean, anytime, anytime we can compare Toby Maguire's face to uh, a ball sack and or you know, dirty butthole, I'm on board. Uh, and I don't even have anything against Toby Maguire, but uh, that's... I love how absolutely angry he looks in that meme too. Right. He is so mad because <laughs> he knows it's going to be a meme. He just doesn't know what yet. He's just like, this is going to come back to bite me in the fucking ass, uh, which apparently is exposed in Dougley's house, uh, but. <laughs> That's that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Elite tweet, delete tweet. I love the fact that we did this with Doug and not Seth, who wanted to do this last week, and we told him no. Um, just further, he picked Chipotle. <laughs> he picked Chipotle. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Doug, where can everybody find you? Everyone's listening to this is already you know a, a subscriber to you, but humor me a little bit. Where can people find you and that sexy ASMR voice of yours that you got? Oh, I appreciate that. Um, anywhere that you you can find me anywhere with the name Dougley Durong. It is a very weird, strange name. Uh, Twitter, Facebook. I'm never on Facebook or Instagram. I should be, but I'm not. Even TikTok, I have one of those. You just lied to everyone. It. You can find me anywhere, but I'm not on any of these. Places. I don't use them. They're there. Like you can see my logo and somewhat interactive. But yeah, youtube.com slash Dougley Do Wrong or on Twitter if you really want to check me out and be the most interactive. Well, there you go. And is is what is the Dougley Do Wrong? Is that, it reminds me of Dudley Do Right from. Uh... From from Moose and Squirrel, Rocky and Moose. Rocky and Moose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my friend went to call me Ugly, and my name's Doug. So he called me Dougly, and I thought it was hilarious. And then I was starting the channel, and I was like, Dougly. I'm like, that sounds evil. 
and then Dudley do right. And I was like, Dudley do wrong. And I was like, let's go with it. So there. So, yeah. I like that you leaned into it. We, uh, we had a logo that we wanted to name. So we put a, we put a whole campaign together early on in our, um, in our, uh, existence. And we put some, uh, and we had some good, uh, actually ended up being Aronde Baxton. Travis Winfield actually named it Aronde Baxton. Um, but, uh, the number one write in candidates, so we gave him like five things to vote on and then a narrative to write in. And I shit you not, the number one candidate for our uh, name, our 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 logo contest was "fuck you, Sam," and <laughs> like it was overwhelming. And I was just like, <laughs> "Oh my god!" I got to figure out a way to like use that. I haven't yet. I mean, you you did a fine job figuring out, Dougley. Okay, I'll use that and I'll make money on my friends trying to you know dunk on call me. me ugly. Yeah, you call me ugly. I'll just make money on it. You piece of shit. Um, but no, I come on my, your listeners too. Just fuck you, Sam. That's all we got. So anyway, <laughs> well, Dougie, thank you for joining us here. This is a lot of fun. Uh, we went down memory lane, all the worst times of being a Miami Dolphins fan, the worst of the Dolphins fan base, the worst of the Twitter in terms of elite tweet, delete tweet. And of course, everything we're looking forward to, you gave us the people to look out for, uh, what to a Tunga, Tunga can do with an at least adequate offensive line. And I think we all agree, uh, holy underwear is where it needs to be. So, you gotta hey, Doug, hey, Doug, tell your brother Seth Rogen I said hi. <laughs> <laughs> he does look a little oh, like I can't even do a good <laughs> Seth Rogen impersonation. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty good. That's not bad. That's not bad at all. I, I appreciate that. Uh, well, uh, I guess we have to go pay some bills, Chris, and then we have to come back and uh, just tell everybody what we learned on this episode of Perfect Bill. So, we'll be back right after these words. You been to patchvibes.com yet? What? You haven't? Why not? Everyone knows patchvibes.com has the greatest Miami Dolphins swag, gear, patches, mugs, everything you can possibly want of any website ever. So what the hell are you doing? Why haven't you been there? Go there now. Stop what you're doing. Pause this podcast. Go to patchvibes.com right now and go get yourself some nice Miami Dolphins gear. Shirts, tank tops, hats, patches, stickers, Anything and everything you or anybody else in your family that's a Miami Dolphins fan could possibly want is at patchvibes.com. So go there and then come back and finish the show. You're welcome. And we're back. Segment number three, uh, very long, very special episode of Welcome to Perfect Bill. Chris Collins, Sam Marcu, Sirius XM, Believe Network, some sort of order there. I don't know if that was the right order, Chris, but... Uh, those are all true things. And I also know what's true is that Dougley Durong uh, absolutely killed it on his inaugural visit into the town of Perfect Bill, doing elite tweet, delete tweet, sharing memories, talking about his dad, uh, just fun stuff, Chris. Yeah, he needs to keep his 19-month-old next to the fart vent <laughs> at all times because I don't know what it is he does. He, he, like you mentioned it a little bit, he should do audiobooks. He did that real, just like quiet, calming thing. He should work in like fraud or in like customer service where you get yelled at a lot because nothing beats a yelling customer more than just being like, Hi, can I have your name, please? What's your date of birth? Like he just was like, bam, on it. And I just want to listen to him talk. Uh, and hopefully you can get me in Sasha's party too. That'd be cool. Yeah. Well, I also think, you know, he's got that ASMR voice is what I was saying. Like, this is me grating cheese. And he could, I mean, he's got a lot of followers on YouTube and Twitter, but he could have like twice that if he just got on there and was like, this is me rubbing my hair. Yeah, he grew up in the wrong time. He said he was born in 87, but he, if he was like a little bit older in the 90s, he would have been a great like phone sex operator. Like He would have just been fantastic. You know what? That's that's an untapped market that needs to come back. I mean, I just saw G.I. Joe's come back to Target the other day. We need phone sex operators back, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, Doug the Durong would be my number one choice to have phone sex with people. He His name could be one. Doug Lee Do Me. Mm. 
Yeah, I like it. I like it. I like it. Uh, well, uh, I don't know if there's anything else that we haven't touched, speaking of phone sex, uh, about the Miami <laughs> Dolphins right now, other than that training camp is coming up. And I do, I am curious, Chris, what is your most excited thing? The thing you're looking forward to the most when it comes to Miami Dolphins training camp? Is it a, is it a position battle? Is it seeing Tyreek with the offense? Is it Mike McDaniel? What is it about training camp that's got you, uh, you know, rustling your jimmies? This is what I want to see and what I want to hear. And I feel like with Brian Flores not being here, they're going to be a little bit more unchained in their post-practice interviews. I want to hear the defense go wow. I want Xavier Howard and Byron Jones and Javon Holland coming up the field. And they're like, ooh, this offense is going to be something to deal with. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear the defense has been challenged. I want to hear them come off the field and say that whatever Mike McDaniel is cooking – is, is tough to defend, is, is exciting. I don't want to hear it from the, the beat writers. I don't want to hear it from the offensive players. I want to hear from the guys who are doing it against in practice. That's what I'm looking forward to. I like it, man. I like it. I, I want to see how this offense actually lines up. I mean, uh, everything we're seeing is going to be a running game, you know, running heavy offense, uh, probably not more than three wide receiver sets at a time. Um, but uh, I, I want to see what that looks. I want to see where Cedric Wilson fits that was my number two i wanted to see him that was literally my number two yeah yeah i mean you know like we ended elite tweet delete tweet you know you can go number two in those underwears of yours because it's just a loincloth at this point but yeah i i the more i mean we're excited about tyreek and obviously jalen waddle and everything else that's going on but cedric wilson and, and he's getting the run he's he's people are talking about this i've seen it a lot recently people are coming back to the fact that cedric wilson is maybe a sneaky ass signing for the Miami Dolphins. And I wonder where he fits. I think he's going to be that third wide receiver, but uh, I, I'm curious just how many plays are going to be for him. You know what I mean? Like that, that's what I'm hoping we get a little bit of insight in that. That's, I think my number one is where does Cedric Wilson jr. Fit? Yeah, this is the funnest. One of the funnest times of year, other than the actual season, Sam is, is training camp and waiting for those practices that are open to the public and the media and seeing Travis's, you know, threads on Twitter and fans that were there sneaking videos or talking about the bomb they just hit. And you, you realize it's one-on-one and it's like kind of like seven on seven practices, but like, it's just a little taste, man. It's like being that addict and you've been in rehab for six months and you get out and your buddy's like, just a little taste. And you're like, shit, I shouldn't. And then it's just like a little taste, man. And you just go pop. It's football. It's a little bit of football. Even if it's just underwear Olympics, it's too, uh, what do you, you hit Tyreek on a post? Let's go. Like you're excited. You're at work. You're refreshing. They call it what F five season, right? You're refreshing the, uh, the old Twitter, the, the keyboard. It's, it's, it's in a very, very exciting time of the year other than, uh, you know, draft and, and, uh, honestly it's more exciting than draft this year was cause we didn't have two, two first round picks first and second round pick. So this is other than the season. This is the most exciting time. Like I said, to open the show, man, I'm so pumped. Yeah, I'm pumped as well. And this I'm pumped for this episode, man. It was a good episode. We had uh we had a, a, a wonderful guest. We had a good intro, a great, you know, third segment here as as we uh record this in real time. And uh I, I think it, it's probably time to go, Chris, because I got a lot of editing on my hands. So yeah. Uh anything else? You'd like? <laughs> there you go. Use my bidet. Use your bidet. Ooh, you got your bidet set up. Did you get the warming one? I did not, but <sighs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter, Sam. I'm it, my son so we have two upstairs bathrooms he runs downstairs and he's like i gotta take a shit i'm like why it's like the bidet is down here <laughs> like it is life changing and if I you don't have you. one they're cheap they're on amazon it's fantastic like I, it's incredible I told, you. I told you did i not tell you the bidet i i've been championing the bidet for many many years now 
and uh, Chris is on board. He got one for Christmas, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's been uh, sitting and, there in a box. And it's just been sitting there in a box. And now you're just like, why didn't I open this and, 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 and spray water in my butthole, you know, months ago? <laughs> I was but, always uh, worried about the dirty balls and everything. No, it's, it's, it's just pressure washing your asshole. That's a quote of my wife, by the way. <laughs> it's, and she's right. And that's, uh, there's <laughs> a wrong. lot of, I have a lot of options for the title of this episode. <laughs> Anyway, uh, uh, anything else you'd like to say before we get out of here? I'm good, man. That's too much. <laughs> it is too much. On behalf of Chris Golan, Sam Marku, and the entire Believe Network, streaming on SiriusXM, brought to you by BetOnline.ag. The only thing left to say is goodbye for Perfect Bill. Later. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.